Welcome to the High Profit Event Show. My name is Rudy Rodriguez, founder of the Virtual Event Sales Team and Wingman Coaching Worldwide. We provide world-class self-support services with integrity. And on this podcast, we interview successful event leaders and service providers that have led or supported profitable events online and off. Each episode will run for about 20 to 30 minutes, so stay tuned. Hi, it's Tim, CEO of Great Assistant. In this episode, I'm going to share with you how to delegate your event logistics so that you can maximize impact and income while minimizing stress and burnout. Hey, Rudy Rodriguez here. And on today's episode, we have a very special guest coming in from Austin, Texas, Mr. Tim Francis. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you for having me. Definitely excited to have you here, especially with your show topic today on uh, you know how to delegate logistics of the event um, so that the event leader can focus on more income and also more impact and reducing that stress and burnout and quite frankly, post-event hangover that many event leaders have been known to experience. Um, and before we jump into the episode, I do want to highlight a couple uh, bio points. And I do have the honor and pleasure of actually knowing you personally um, as well. So, uh, you know, what I know about Tim is that uh, he's a great volleyball player. <laughs> and uh, you recently got back into playing volleyball. Um, I know you were a collegiate athlete as well for a period of time, which is really cool. Um, uh, Tim, you and I have also um, been on the chairman's council with Keith Cunningham for a, a couple of years, and we learned a tremendous amount from a mutual mentor. And you've gone over the last several years and built a quite re- remarkable business with greatassistant.com, helping over 500 entrepreneurs get a great assistant and be able to delegate effectively, including myself as one of your recent clients and customers. Um, you also are the founder of an organization called um, Profit Factory. And you run your own format of uh, like board of advisors um, as well, where you've been helping many uh, small business owners uh, grow and scale their businesses as well. So it's been a pleasure um, to watch you over the next last several years grow and expand. And really excited to have you on today sharing your experience with, uh, with events. Thank you. Uh, it's one of the best parts of having been in business for a little while is getting to, to grow with your friends. Isn't it? And it's, it's it's been likewise very cool to watch your growth too, Rudy, and uh, all the just kind of phases and chapters of life. So yeah, honored to be here and honored to call you friend. Yeah, same here, man. <laughs> um, let's jump into some uh, great value content. I know you're you're a man of value, and uh, and really excited to uh, hear your your um, your topic for today. So my understanding is that you've you've done several events in the past, um, and one event in particular. Um, I think it was called the 8020 summit where you flew in Perry Marshall and, you know, you had that experience. I'd love for you to kind of, you know, however you want to kind of come to that event, but share maybe some of your, your background with events and, and then, and then that event and how you were able to delegate the logistics. And I think the users can really appreciate and relate, especially if you can share like some of the, maybe the, the stressors or like the challenges that you had before you finally <laughs> were able to crack the code and, and start to delegate effectively. Yeah, you bet. And so my assistant has helped take a lot of the administrative and coordinative burden, uh, candidly, off my shoulder for, um, let's see, probably six or seven events now um, of that are like bigger conference style events. And then uh, probably about 40 uh, small scale dinner parties she's also helped with, which has been transformative 
goodness gracious, you know, it may sound simple, but when you've got high, eight high level entrepreneurs who come to a dinner and they, all their allergies and dietary preferences are respected, you know, we know their bio ahead of time. So I can sweep them off their feet in the first few minutes of the dinner when they feel like taking care of every step along the way, that relationship building is just so powerful. So I don't want to, uh, underestimate the power of events, even at a small scale, and nor do I want to underrepresent just how big of an impact your assistant can make, even if it's a small eight person or 10 person dinner party. So what I'm sharing here scales up big time from that, uh, all the way up to uh, biggest event my assistant has helped produce for me. Uh, I think the 8020 summit in San Diego a few years ago was, I think it was like 300 people, something like that. And, and definitely a very complicated event. We're talking flying uh, Perry Marshall, our, our kind of headline speaker in along with people from his team and putting them up with lodging. And we also flew in our team from across the United States and Canada. So I think we had six or seven people on the team. And so we flew them all into uh, San Diego for that 8020 summit. The year before that was actually in Banff, Canada at a beautiful uh, castle in the Rockies, uh, Scottish baronial castle. Um, and, you know, and our guests, I mean, our guests came from India and Singapore and all over the U.S. and Canada. And so it, it was really quite remarkable the way that my uh, both my assistants that I that I have now um, were able to chip in. So uh, I think a, a really important teaching point on the top uh, that I that I hope everyone could maybe keep at the top of their mind is a bit of an analogy to something called the surgeon in the room. So if you think about an operating room, a surgeon is not preparing the room, is not getting the tools or getting the supplies. The surgeon is not the one that's coordinating the nurses and phlebotomists and everybody else is going to be in the room or the administration, like the legal paperwork and the financial element. Uh, the surgeon's really only doing three things. And these are the same three things that I, I sincerely hope entrepreneurs can do more and more of because it really is the best part of, of, uh, of being an entrepreneur on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's focusing on strategy, high-level skill, and high-level access. And so if we think about it, a surgeon, a surgeon's strategy is going to say, okay, what's the illness or the injury here? And what is the procedure that we're going to go and do? And so for us as event leaders, that might be, what's the format of our event? What are we going to teach? You know, what are we going to pitch? You know, um, Anything around strategy. A surgeon in the room is going to take care of things like uh, high-level skill, right? So actually doing the incision and performing the procedure. Uh, us, the high-level skill that we have when we put on events is uh, probably some element of networking, right? With other speakers or with our attendees, or if we have a private lunch um, where we we uh, pitch our high-ticket offer, right? Uh, speaking is going to be another one of our high-level skills. Also creating our content that we choose to teach, like that's going to be a high-level skill as well. And then the third area of what a surgeon focuses on and what I sincerely hope uh, everybody listening can focus more and more and more on is actually also high-level access. So when we're having an event, it's so much about building relationships with other speakers, with attendees, sometimes even with vendors, sometimes even with like the hotel that you're having at because you may want to come back, you know, next quarter or next year. And so having your time freed up that instead of running around trying to figure out where the clicker is, you know, or whose laptop is being used for, uh, you know, displaying the slides or where someone's hotel room is, instead of doing that, you can kind of relax and kind of sit into your role as a gracious host. You can welcome everybody to your city, to your event, and really um, create that emotional leadership of the whole event 
where everything feels calm and welcoming and warm instead of harried, rushed, anxious, which obviously filters down from the very top. So what? So if, if we as the surgeon in the room, proverbially speaking, are at that level, when we think about an event, what, what would an assistant or what would other people ideally take off our plate? It'd be anything that is set up, coordination, maintenance, tech support, customer support, basic research, if there's any element of onboarding, any element of offboarding, um, coordinating basic tasks or errands, like getting things delivered, uh, uh, buying a banner you know, on uh, Vistaprint and making sure it gets shipped to the proper hotel in the proper time. I mean, these are the, the myriad, the thousands of little details that an assistant can be helping with. So I think um, that's, I would say if we, you know, if a person were to just listen to the first couple of minutes of our presentation today, and they walked away and said, hey, I got to turn off this podcast. I hope that everyone could walk away with this, um, let's call it filter of looking through every task that has to do with an event. And in fact, every task that has to do with their entire business. So a huge shortcut, a huge shortcut that I can offer um, that I do every time I'm going to have a large, especially a larger scale event. And this may sound maybe uh, mundane, but believe it or not, sitting down with your assistant, you know, virtually or whatnot, and actually creating a budget creates a super set of decision-making guidelines. So if I sit down with my assistant and I say, plan an event, it's, it's doomed to fail, right? Like that's management by abdication, not management by delegation. One of the biggest challenges uh, I find entrepreneurs have, and we've, as Rudy mentioned, we've you know, helped hire over uh, well over 500 assistants because many of our 500 clients have get multiple assistants from us, is uh, a big light bulb moment is, oh, wow, I have to really externalize my brain to my assistant. And it's true. No human being can read your brain. So when we talk about, what that looks like, a budget is actually a really great forcing function that causes you to sit down, open up a spreadsheet with your assistant. Your assistant can even drive the bus. If you hate spreadsheets, that's fine. And say, okay, here's what I'm imagining for my event. I want pens. I want lanyards. I want tote bags to give away. I want to have two screens at the front of the room uh, to display the camera feed. Or maybe you don't want cameras at all. Maybe this is a private event. I'm imagining you know, the hotel is going to look like this and we're going to be in a ballroom or we're going to be in a boardroom. And so by really just kind of being the visionary and, you know, using that uh, spreadsheet is basically a canvas for you to download your vision for this event. You're now creating the, let's say the skeleton upon which the rest of the event can be built. And so once you've kind of given your wish list of what you'd like to see, next up, you can say to your assistant, okay, I think, I think I want to spend around, you know, between this amount of money and this amount of money. So I'm ready to spend between $150 and $300 on pens. I'm ready to spend between uh, $75 and $200 on lanyards, right? And you just go down the line. Now, if you're newer to events, you may not have some of those guidelines, in which case, maybe you don't give your assistant a guideline for, for dollars, but instead you just give them the vision and they go find the prices. So one way or another, you and your assistant will get to a sense of, okay, this is what we're willing to spend. This is what the event looks like. And then after that, your assistant's going to go and, and find like, okay, 
I found pens for this amount of, you know, of this style, for this number of dollars, we have to buy this many quantity from Vistaprint, you know, and from banners.com, we can get a Hollywood style step and repeat banner as a, as a like kind of a red carpet arrival for all of our attendees. If we go to uh, banners.com and we do this, you know, 10 feet tall by 12 feet wide with a red carpet in front of it, and that's going to cost us this amount. And your assistant can spend a whole week just going and researching what are the various options and costs and then present them to you. And you can say, ooh, don't like those pens, kind of ugly, love these pens. Uh, you know what? I don't need a full color workbook. I can go with black and white. We can save some money there. And once you actually learn to lead the work that way, that now unlocks your assistant to go and do the work for you. And obviously, once you've selected all of the little items that fit your vision, and one of the big items is what our hotel is going to be. Um, and once you know, you're involved with confirming that hotel, I do recommend that you are a part of those negotiations with the hotel. Um, then from there, now you've got the hotel, you've signed the contract, your assistant has the budget. Now your assistant can just go to town, right? Your assistant can you know, make all the purchases and ship all of those different items, the pens, the lanyards, the workbook, et cetera, et cetera directly to the hotel. And because your assistant is the one who's working with your hotel contact in the first place, your assistant's going to have that relationship with that uh, uh, food and beverage manager or room manager to confirm that they can receive certain kinds of items. And if there's any kind of uh, qu questions around timelines of when you're allowed to send things, because I mean, you can't send things three months early to a hotel, right? You've got to put it within a window of time, uh, then that's great. And then on top of that, you can also figure out, okay, here's the kind of Airbnb or hotel that we need for our internal team or any other speakers that we've got. And again, because your assistant's leading your, the charge, your assistant can be the one to coordinate with your speakers, to coordinate with your teammates, to make sure that everybody has what they need. All their flights are booked uh, accordingly. And while your assistant's doing all of that, what are you doing, right? You're probably doing a few things. One is you're creating your content for the event, which is really probably a large reason why you got into this business in the first place was to create impact. Um, and you're also creating something that's valuable so you can expand income and you can work on things like your pitch. How, how am I pitching? What are my upsells? What are my downsells? You can work with your coaches. You can work with someone like Rudy, who is quite possibly going to help support the sales at your event to say, what do we got to do from stage to help prepare your team, you know, to, to, to prepare the wingman team. Um, and and uh, you could help Rudy's team to generate product knowledge of your high ticket offer that you're selling from the back of the room. And so you're now at that highest level where you can be inputting your expertise and your time and your energy and your talent into ensuring the highest level work is executed in excellence. Well, your assistant is making sure that a lot of the maintenance and coordination and setup is done in excellence in their own way. So at a very high level, that's how I think about it. And Rudy, I'm happy to go into any other direction or give examples from the wide range of dozens and dozens of events that I've done. Uh, uh, lead the way. Where, where do you think we should go next? Yeah, well, I want to recap some of the things I heard you say. I'm taking notes as you're speaking. Um, you know, I'm learning myself because I actually have uh, an event that I am hosting for my team literally two months from today, January 10th in Cabo, Mexico. And that's something on my plate. In addition to running the seven, you know, the company with people all over the world and all this other stuff, but I'm like, wow, how in the world am I going to do this? And the answer is, 
the only way I'm doing this is through delegation, through the assistant that you've been helping me uh, train and proper process. Like the only way this is going to happen and happen well <laughs> is I have to I have to rely on that. I, I have to do what you're saying. Otherwise, I'm going to drop balls, important balls, and I'm and I'm not willing to do that. So I'm taking copious notes here. I love what you shared about using the budget as a forcing function for, uh, you know, what is it that I want and uh, what are the constraints, the guardrails for the event. And that's my action item right there. I just got to create a clear budget and sit down with my assistant here probably, you know, this week or Monday. <laughs> and that's going to be my my takeaway from, from what you're sharing. So I think one of the things that would be beneficial um, is specific uh, examples. You know, if there's uh, maybe something that you know that had been challenging or maybe oftentimes people don't think they can delegate or, or some specific experiences you have around things you delegated with those events, I think would be really beneficial to share. Okay, great. Okay, great. So, so some secrets to success. Let's go that way. Um, so first of all, I, I really, you know, I think of business largely in terms of odds. Like what are my odds for success that something is going to turn out? And, you know, pretty, uh, pretty much anything you think about doing in business has at least a 1% chance of succeeding. I don't like those odds. Okay. I, I want the 80% plus version uh, of, of everything that I do uh, as much as, as much as humanly possible. I get that sometimes it's not possible, but as you know, to whatever I can control, I want the 80% plus version. So the very first thing is I want an assistant who's similar, same time zone, uh, same business culture, same first language so that we can collaborate on the fly. The closer that event gets, the more last minute details are going to come up. If I'm trying to collaborate with someone who's five time zones, six, seven, eight time zones away, it's going to be two ships passing in the night. We need someone who is similar, same time zone, language and business culture as your right hand person. Um, second pro tip is I am probably not going to delegate being the event manager to an assistant if they're brand new to my team or if they haven't done an event with us before. So part of what made the San Diego 8020 Summit so successful was my, uh, my assistant had been more so my right-hand person as I was the event producer at the previous year's Banff 8020 Summit. And the year before that, my assistant had been um, more just kind of like an kind of semi-arm's length supporter at the event we did the year before that. And so she graduated through repetition into being able to take care of essentially the whole event. Uh, the event's budget for the San Diego 8020 Summit was $31,000, and she came within 1.6% of budget. There are no events that come within 1.6% of budget. It doesn't matter if it's a wedding or a funeral or a business event. 1.6% is incredible. Uh, especially the bigger the event goes, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, the more likely that, you know, the deviations are going to get big. Um, so I think that understanding that, you know, approaching uh, delegating your event as a long-term relationship with your assistant, that's my next tip. I would be thinking maybe not how can my assistant completely take over the very first event that we do together, but say like, you know, the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time we do this, I'm I'm looking to my assistant to have understood the full lexicon of what's happening. What I mean by lexicon is what are the names of the critical people? What are the acronyms? What are the, the packages that we sell? Uh, who are the key people at the hotels? You know, the videographers, the photographers, understanding the ecosystem. You know, by the third, fourth, fifth event, 
I need my assistant. That is when I need them to be essentially kind of like uh, maybe not executive producer, but producer of the event. Uh, my, my next tip is uh, to really be very, very, very judicious about the use of a tool that I invented called 360 Delegation. So if I want to take my event and I unpack it into smaller parts, I've got a welcome cocktail hour, right? I maybe have a morning breakfast on day one. Um, and going back in time, maybe there's like a load in, you know, the day before, right? So as I unpack the, the different chapters of the event from before the first cocktail event to after the final closing remarks, like the whole symphony of the whole event, if I can unpack that into the seven, eight, nine different main components, right? If you're going to have a, a pitch lunch where you invite people, you buy them lunch and you present to them your high ticket offer, for example, that would be another example of a, of a chapter, if you will, in the story that is your event. And, uh, and I would write a 360 delegation for each of those. So what is 360 delegation? 360 delegation is when you clearly, so you open up a Google Doc probably, and you clearly define three things. What is the vision for what you'd like completed? What are the resources that you are aware of that are required for your system to be successful at executing the vision? And what is the definition of done? What is it that you would need to see, your attendees would need to experience, maybe other, you know, other stakeholders, be it other speakers or your teammates, what what would you need? What needs to be seen as an outcome, as a work product, as a behavior, as an experience for the different stakeholders to say this was nailed, ten out of ten. And so uh, that three hundred and sixty delegation, um, if folks want to see all of the elements that go into it, you can just go to greatassistant.com forward slash three steps. So the number three and the word steps with an S at the end, and that shows uh, three hundred and sixty delegation right there. So. Um, by being very clear and again, getting really good at leading the work, it means now you don't need to do the work once it, the time comes. Uh, another tip is the closer that we get to the event, the less flexibility that there is for curveballs and audibles. Um, it's kind of like, you know, if the president of the United States of America is going to visit a country, there's like an advanced team that's there 90 days in advance, you know, scoping things out, preparing for the arrival of the president. The president can enjoy all of that leverage as long as that, as the president is thinking 90 days in advance. If the president wants a cheeseburger in five minutes from now, uh, the, the president is not going to be able to get the benefit of all the leverage around him or her, the president is going to have to either go and get the cheeseburger themselves or just be okay with waiting, you know, 45 minutes for the secret service person to go and get it for them and bring it back. Right. Or, you know, wait 20 minutes for the cook to make one. But if, if you know, leverage becomes available when we have runway. So getting started early, early, early weeks in advance of your event with your assistant is super, super, super important. Um, I think that us as entrepreneurs, our job is to continually uh, define and design, define and design, define and design. 
defining, like I mentioned, what does that, uh, what is the, the scope and shape and size of the cocktail party to welcome people to your event? Then design it. Do I want, do I want fruity drinks? Do I want beer? Do I want wine? Do I want uh, people to have a photo opportunity when they walk in? If so, am I in the photo? Am I not? Are there other speakers in that photo? Is there not? Do all my attendees get a copy of the picture? They get a copy of the picture um, sent to them, right? So something that we did at one of our events was we had a photo op on the very first day of the 8020 Summit at like the evening cocktail before the the event started. And, um, uh, And we actually had our photographer quickly run then to print off all the photos. And then Perry Marshall and I autographed all the photos. And like within 24 hours, we gave all attendees a signed copy of a photo of them with me and Perry. And it was, it was like, turn around, just bang like that. So, and that was just something creative that I came up with. I know that people maybe aren't a huge fan of Tim Francis, who knows, but lots of people are huge fans of Perry Marshall. You know, he wrote the 8020 sales marketing book. He's a really, really, really uh, fascinating guy. And so for them, like there's people who flew from around the world just to meet Perry. Like that was his star power in the business environment. And so I knew for them to get an autographed photo with him would be like an amazing personal touch. And it would really you know, be something that would sit on their desk or on their fridge for a very long time. So, you know, so, so I think that there's like, you know, the more that we attend events, the more that we host events, the more that we can come up with our own exciting vision of what that looks like. And as long as we're willing to take on, you know, the responsible role of defining, designing, and then putting it into a 360 delegation and handing it off to our teammate, uh, almost anything can be delegated um, that does not require the surgeon in the room, does not require strategy, does not require high-level skill, does not require uh, high-level access. I'd say the other things I wouldn't delegate is like, I wouldn't delegate negotiating with the hotel. You know, if, if you want if you want to be kind of like a very clever, never split the difference, Chris Voss-level negotiator, that is a high-level skill that, you know, you want to keep doing the high-level skill. Don't ask your assistant to be an incredible negotiator, an incredible salesperson. Then obviously you got to resource your assistant with the other people around them. Your assistant isn't necessarily going to be a great graphic designer, for example, you know, or a great web developer. So make sure that your assistant's supported with the other teammates outside of yourself that they're going to need to be successful. So that's kind of a, a high level of, and including a specific tool, 360 delegation, which a person can get at greatassistant.com forward slash three steps, the number three and steps with an S at the end. And that was perfect, man. And in fact, I was, um, I've made a note here to grab the, the article that you created or, uh, around that highlights seven, uh, the seven yes to 360 delegation, all of that, include that yep. in the show notes for today. I think that'd be a great resource for our audience. And, uh, you know, I'm over here copiously taking notes as you're speaking. And uh, I love the metaphor you said, you know, the president's going to a country, sends a team 90 days in advance, <laughs> right, to, to create that leverage. And, uh, but when he, once the cheeseburger in five minutes, it's going to be really difficult. <laughs> right. um, and I also made a note of that really clever thing you did with the photographer and getting that printed and autograph signed and give, given out, you know, before the event ended, how unique um, and rememberable that that is. Um, and also another takeaway here, what not to delegate, right? Not delegate um, things that are high level skill beyond the assistance um bandwidth and make sure she's properly supported he or she's properly supported um the, at the end of the day we still got to do the work of the design right and uh, and then responsible delegation which is one of the things i really appreciate and took away from your course being a great leader 
um, that I recently went through is how diligent you are about um, delegation being a mutually responsible thing, both from you as, as the entrepreneur, as well as the assistant in receiving the delegation. And so I have a lot of respect uh, for your, uh, your leadership and your methodology and your approach. Um, you know, you really, um, you, you do your best to set people up for success and I really respect and appreciate that about you. So for our audience uh, who's listening here, if uh, you are struggling at all with any kind of uh, overwhelm or stress in your business um, or too much on your plate, this is something I personally struggle with for years. And I had so many psychological blocks around. I know, Tim, you've done surveys around this too and the causal reasons why. But the bottom line is, you know, I officially hired my assistant now uh, five weeks, five and a half weeks ago. And I've been working with my first assistant for five and a half weeks. And I, I just met with the accountant um, uh, just before this meeting. And last month, my first month in business uh, with my assistant was actually my most personally productive month financially that I've ever personally done in business. And I'm just now connecting the dots. <laughs> Um, and I am so excited to see what we're able to create for sort of a leverage perspective um, and working with the system over the next 60, 90 days, six months, et cetera. So Tim, thank you for being a stand for me and having a great assistant and, and setting her up for success properly. Um, and thanks for all you do, man. So uh, any final comments for our guests as we uh, wrap up the show? So if anyone's ever read the book, Extreme Ownership, uh, Jocko Willink and Leif Babin, a really extraordinary book. Um, I think the spirit of that is, is breathed into this next piece, this kind of closing thought I'll share. So, so the first thing is that, you know, we are, um, all responsible to fulfill our potential, whatever that may be in this lifetime. And that was really the core reason why I, I mean, I failed five times with getting an assistant before finally succeeding. And, um, you know, from the place of extreme ownership, I think three powerful questions we can ask ourselves up to and including, if you try to delegate something to your assistant and it doesn't work out, I would ask three questions. Number one is, if if I were to just play make-believe for a moment here and say this is a 100% leadership, uh, fa a failure of leadership, what becomes available to me? Whatever the answers are, guess what? Those are opportunities to get better with your assistant. Then if we say, what if I play make-believe and say this is a 100% systems issue? You know, I'm, I missed a checklist or I didn't follow 360 delegation or something like that. And then whatever you come up with, you can use that the next go around. And the third is, what if this is a people issue? Like I didn't have the right people in the right spots. Well, guess what? You'll come up with another set of collections. So I think there's a humility that's required. And I think that there's a patience that's required that, you know, belays the, um, the African proverb. If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And if you want to go far, an assistant is an indispensable person. I've told my team, you know, in no uncertain terms, if I had to let everybody go on my team, I could only keep one person. I wouldn't be keeping a salesperson or a project manager. I would be keeping my assistant because they optimize the most important person on the team, which not from a place of ego, but from a place of workability is me. And, and on a personal level, me fulfilling my potential in this lifetime you just would not be possible without an assistant. So however a person goes about finding and hiring and training, essentially training, um, most crucially training that person, I'm cheering you on towards that because when, when you get it wrong, it is a major pain in the butt. But when you get it right, getting a great assistant will be the single biggest productivity jump of your entire business career. 
And it unlocks the door for you to do other things that become the second and third biggest jumps in your career, like delegating your email inbox, like delegating event management, et cetera, et cetera. So thank you, Rudy, for having me. And uh, it's been just a delight to watch you take the coaching every step along the way. And, you know, you really embody a lot of that humility and that patience that, um, you know, I, I say over and over again, and uh, those who take the coaching end up flourishing. No, I'm not at all surprised to hear you just had the most personally productive month uh, in, in history for you. Um, and dude, you're just getting started. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for you. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate that, my friend. Thanks for being a guest with us today. Thank you. Absolutely. With that being said, we'll go ahead and call it a wrap. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the High Profit Event Show. If you are a seminar leader or thought leader or event service provider who has led or supported profitable, successful events to over 100 people and you've been effective at enrollment into your high-end coaching, education, mastermind tech programs, we're looking for guests. Love to have you on the show. You can go to our website, virtualeventsalesteam.com, click on the podcast tab and submit an application to be on our show. Also, if you found the show to be valuable, share it with someone who you think might benefit from it. Take a moment, please leave a review, and also subscribe if you haven't already. And lastly, if you have an upcoming uh, event, whether it be virtual or in-person, and you'd like to have a conversation about how to fill your coaching, education, mastermind programs fast using events, you're welcome to book a complimentary 15-minute uh, consult with either myself or a member of my team on our website, virtualeventsalesteam.com. Again, this is Rudy Rodriguez, and congratulations on investing the time to listen to this episode. I hope it's been valuable. Have a great day.